begin a series of messages on Sunday morning for the next few weeks. And I've never, ever in 50 years preached a series of messages on the character in the Bible by the name of Joseph. Never have I. And so, uh, maybe not for you, but for me and my study, I'm going to preach a series of messages on the character in the Bible by the name of Joseph. In the Bible, there are three civil servants mentioned in the Bible. Nehemiah, Daniel, and Joseph. Nehemiah was the governor who was in charge of rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. Daniel served four kings and three dynasties in his life. He served Babylon, Media, and Persia. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Darius, Cyrus, and uh, another one who has backslid that I can't remember. But Joseph was the civil servant who served in the government of Egypt. Boy, how we need some people of character to run for office in our country today. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice to not vote for the least attractive one and vote for the one you think would be a blessing to our country? It's okay to be saved and be a civil servant. It's all right to be saved and be a politician. We had a politician recently speak to our school, and I was so, so very impressed as Mr. Birdwell, our senator from Texas, spoke about being saved, being baptized, and being faithful to a Baptist church. I was moved as he spoke to us about him being in the Pentagon when the plane struck the Pentagon. I was moved when I found that four years of surgery and now he's serving the Lord in the capacity of a senator in the state of Texas. I was wrong when he asked, how many senators do we have? And I, under my breath, said, every dummy knows that, too. Till he said, there's 31 in the state of Texas. I was impressed when he said there was 150 representatives. But I was more impressed when I found out why they came to that number. There's 31 Proverbs and 150 Psalms. When they set up the government of Texas, they decided they couldn't improve on the book, so they had 31 senators and 150 Psalms and 150 representatives. It's all right to be saved and be political. Amen? So in your Bible this morning, we may not get through all of it before kickoff, but we're going to kick off right now, all right? 
Genesis 37. And Genesis 37 through 50 deals with the life and the experiences that Joseph endured, enjoyed. Now notice, if you would please, verse 1 of the book of Genesis 37. And it doesn't make any difference how far into this we get. Because my sermon's kind of like bologna. You just slice it off, eat what you want, and go back and get another slice next week. The Bible says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And these are the generation of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the land was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Joseph was a tattletale. You ever have a brother or sister that run in the house and said, Mama, Daddy, do you know what Gene did? Yep, I whipped my sisters right after that. <laughs> now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Verse 23 of the same chapter of the Bible says, And it came to pass, when Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it, verse 28. And there came and there passed by Midianite merchant men, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Chapter 39, if you would please. Now, going to get a lot of Bible reading this morning in case you missed your devotion this morning. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard of e in Egypt, Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites which he had, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 6. 
And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught what he saved the bread that he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored, a good-looking booger, goodly person, good-looking, favored of God. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused. Said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he had in my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. It came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men in the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Well, he left his garment, but he kept his testimony. Verse 19. Came to pass... When his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, and his wrath was kindled. And Jehovah's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Well, Jehovah's not having too good a life. He's already ended up in the pit. Now he's in prison. Chapter 41, if you would please, in verse 1. You say, man, you sure are reading a lot. Yeah, I didn't have time to study. <laughs> Amen. Can't even find 41. Would 41 be after 40, you think? And before 42? Verse 1, and it came to pass at the end of two full years, Joseph in prison, wrongly accused for two years. Two years in prison. What? You talk about having a, the right to be bitter. You talk about somebody that had a raw deal. Two years in prison that Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by the river. Verse 14 then Pharaoh sent and brought Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his raiment, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me, God, 
shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Verse 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to all thy words shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he, said, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Chapter 42, verse 3. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. What do you think about that? Chapter 45 and verse 4. The same guys that threw him in the pit now finds him in a palace. Do you ever find yourself feeling like you're in a pit? <laughs> well, it could get better. You could be in prison. But thank God one of these blessed days we'll be in a palace made by the hands of Jesus Christ himself. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said unto Joseph, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Hey, you guys remember the pit? That's what he said. You guys remember the pit? Oh, you guys need corn, do you? Oh, you guys need something to eat, do you? Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye should, that ye sow me hither. Now, watch this. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Wow. He's hated, but he's not hateful. He's resented, but he's not resentful. Notice that? From the pit to the prison to the palace, there is no one in all the Word of God more representative of the Lord Jesus Christ than the man called Joseph. You cannot, you cannot find a blemish in his record. The life of Joseph is inclusive of all the things that our Lord stands for. 
When you read the book of Genesis chapter 37 through 50, there are rays of light that shine for you and I to see that in Joseph's life, it is Joseph's life a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I believe in typology. There is a interpretational phrase that I have memorized years and years ago, and it would do us good to remember it. Can I please share it with you? The physical and the material in the Old Testament symbolizes and typifies the heavenly and divine in the New Testament. Did you get that? The ark, a type of Christ. The wood, a type of his humanity. One door. Somebody said, I am the door. If any man enter in. Huh? Is anybody here? The pitch that sealed all the crevices in the ark. The Holy Spirit. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. The physical, the tabernacle, the physical, the ark, the physical, the rams, the physical, the lamb, the physical in the Old Testament symbolizes, points to, and typifies the heavenly and the divine in the New Testament. To understand one, you must have an understanding of the other. And so Jesus Christ, here in the book of Genesis, by the life of Joseph, Joseph is a perfect type of Jesus Christ. Whether you like it or not, believe it or not, that's a fact. Not only Joseph is Joseph's experience help us to understand the province, providence and workings of God in his program. You can see it from the time they threw him in the pit to the time that he was in prison to the time that he was in the palace. God was working all things for his good. Isn't that amazing? I was thinking just the other day, Brother Ernie and I went visiting and we went to the hospital. And as you know, we got in the cutting horse business and Andrew got tired of riding around and around, so he quit and I sold the cutting horse. And oh, how much money I did spend on cutting horses and Andrew and all of that kind of stuff. And I was sitting and I, I put a pen to it and a calculator and my phone and everything else. And then I come up with a deal that an 11 or 12-year-old kid who wasn't big enough to lift a saddle are the reason that Joyce and Ernie heard about Joshua Baptist Church. And regardless of how much money I might have spent or how many pits I was in... (laughs) It is worth it all. One person, one family, makes no difference. God is working everything according to his plan. 
And if you and I will understand something about Joseph, and we read about Joseph, sure, he was hated by his brethren. Sure, he was a member of a dysfunctional family. But have you ever seen a functional family? Somebody said, I never had an argument. No, but you're a good liar. Somebody said, I've been married for years and only had one argument. And it lasted all those years. Dysfunctional family, hated by his brother. Verse 8, hated him even more. Verse 11, hated him even more. Down, down, envied by his family. And in verse down through there, they, 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 Plan to kill Joseph. He is hated in a dysfunctional family. Bless your heart. And oh, how many of us can relate to dysfunctional families. My wife and I, we swore off fighting. Didn't do any good, but we swore off anyhow. Amen. My kids never disagreed. They never argued. They never tattled on one another. They never stole each other's toys. And I'm lying about all of it. But a member of a dysfunctional family he was. We can learn from the experiences Joseph had. And how that God had a plan for Joseph's life. Also another ray of light is Joseph's character is a guide to every real Christian that there is today. I want to show you just seven fold picture of Christ and Joseph being a type of Christ. Jot this down, would you please? Joseph was hated by his brethren. Chapter 37 in your Bible Watch this. He's a perfect type of Christ. Chapter 37, verse 4. The Bible said, And all his brothers, they hated him. Verse 5. And the Bible said, And they hate him yet the more. Verse 8. They hated him yet the more. Verse 11. And his brother envied him. Brethren envied him. And in verse 18, they plotted to kill him. Joseph was hated by his brethren. Have you ever read John 1 and verse 11? The Bible said Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Jesus Christ was hated, rejected, despised. And so was Joseph. A perfect type of Christ. Joseph was hated by his brethren. Secondly, Joseph was honored by the Lord. Genesis 39 in verse 2, the Bible says this about Joseph. 39 and verse 2, the Bible says, And the Lord was with Joseph, 
And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The Bible says about Jesus. And lo, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm what? Anybody remember? Well pleased. Joseph was honored by his father. Jesus was honored by his father. Thirdly, Joseph was sold as a slave. Chapter 37 and verse 28. He was sold to the Midianites down yonder in Egypt's slave cell. Potiphar bought Joseph from the slave masters. Notice Christ was sold, and Judas Iscariot said unto them, What will you give me? And they coveted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Joseph was sold. Jesus was sold. By the way, Joseph, Joseph was placed with criminals, and they put him in prison according to Genesis 40. And the Bible said, and they crucified him. Anybody remember? And the male factors, one on the right and one on the left. Joseph is a perfect, perfect type of Christ. Joseph was exalted and honored. Chapter 40 and 41, verse 41 through 44. By the way, Someone said that Jesus was exalted. The Bible said, watch this. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Watch this now. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, whether things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Joseph was exalted. Jesus, a perfect type of Christ. When you're reading in the Old Testament, Get some of this. Joseph made himself known to his brethren. Remember he said, I am Joseph, thy brother. Do you think maybe one blessed day Jesus is going to make himself known to all of us? And the Bible said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. One of these blessed days. Our Joseph of the New Testament is going to say, come up hither. And we're all going to take off to meet him in the clouds. What a perfect pattern for all believers. Have you noticed something about Joseph? His complete confidence in God. Whether in the pit or in the prison or in the palace, he knew who was in charge. By the way, Do you realize God's in charge even when you're in the pits? 
<laughs> Do you realize that whenever you seem like you're captivated, incarcerated, can't do anything? By the way, when some of you ladies get about 40, don't bail out of your marriage. It ain't going any better on the other side of the fence. When you're feeling incarcerated, when you're feeling like you're captive, when you feel like there's no way out, you need to realize like Joseph that God's still in control. Whether in the pits or whether in the prison or whether in the palace, God is still in charge. Can we learn that from Joseph today? Can we learn today that even where we are, and not only that, we can learn about his faithfulness to duty. Anywhere Joseph was, whether in the pit, prison, or in the palace, Joseph was very faithful to what God was having him to do. Now you're a church member. You're a member of this church. And I just believe that God works all things together for the good to them that love the Lord. How many of you believe that? Do you believe that? Now Kind of hard to believe it, I guess, when Joseph was in the pit. And I would imagine when he was in prison, it was kind of hard. Well, I don't know what God's getting out of all of this. I don't know. You see, Joseph didn't know anything about the baker and the butler when he went to prison. He found the baker and the butler in the prison. If he had not been in the prison, the baker and the butler would have never got to met Joseph. And Joseph would never interpret the dream. And the butler would have never told Pharaoh, hey, I know a guy in prison. I met a guy the other day in prison that can interpret your dream. You're kidding, Pharaoh. No, no. He interpreted my dream. He was faithful to interpret my dream. He interpreted the dream of the baker also. And uh, he was faithful to tell the truth. He didn't cloud it over. He said, three days you'll be dead. Three days you'll be out of jail. And I met him. Really? You met him in prison? What if Joseph hadn't been in prison? What if Joseph got a slick lawyer and got him out? What if Joseph had taken everything into his own hands? What if Joseph said, I can handle this job all by myself and got out of prison? No, sir. You got to realize you are a part of God's plan. And you are here today because you are in God's plan. You say, well, that church, the pits. Thank God you're right in the middle of God's will. You say, well, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm not too big on changing churches. Well, uh, Joseph wasn't too big on pits either. But he traded the pit for a prison. That's a, oh, things are looking up. Uh-huh, things are looking up. No, what we need to realize, God has a plan. And it was a plan for a 17-year-old boy. And the plan was fathered at the pit, in the prison, and all the way to the palace. Are you listening to me? And Joseph didn't complain about the pit. He made the best of the pit. And because he was faithful in the pit, God promoted him into prison. 
Well, I tell you, this Christian life is getting worse and worse. Yeah, but there's a great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by. Amen. Are you listening? And Joseph had confidence in God regardless of where he was. He realized that Romans 8.28 still worked. He realized that God was still on the throne. And he had confidence in God. So that produced a faithfulness in his duty. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Somebody said, well, preacher, I'm just looking for God's will. You're in it. You just don't know it. Listen to me. You mean God is going to depend on me to throw a monkey wrench in the divine plan of a divine, almighty, all-sufficient God? You trying to tell me God ain't big enough to get you where he wants you to be? You say, well, I don't like pits. Well, good. You got a prison waiting for you. That'll be nice. Boy, you folks look like you're really enjoying this. Everybody wants a palace. But they don't want the preparatory experience of the pit and the prison. Everybody wants to reign. But nobody wants to learn. Everybody wants to reap, but nobody wants to yield. Are you listening to me? Joseph had confidence in God. Joseph was faithful to his duty. And Joseph had hope in the word and the promises of God. Things I think we can learn, and I want to give you three of them in three minutes, and we'll be done. What can we learn from Joseph, 17 years old, incarcerated into a deep, dark cistern by his own brethren, sold into slavery by those whom should love him, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and incarcerated wrongly by Potiphar himself in the king's prison, lied to and forgotten by the baker and the butler. And after two years in prison, God brings to mind this butler. He remembered a man down in the prison. And God yanked him out of that prison and set him before the Pharaoh of all Egypt. He interpreted his dream. And now Pharaoh has made him the ruler, second prime minister of all the land of Egypt. Could I ask you a question? If you'd have been Joseph, what would you have done to Potiphar's wife? You know the chick that lied on him. You know the chick who accused him 
of rape. How would you have handled that when you were chief potentate of all the country now? How would you have handled Potiphar's wife? Just ask me. Well, I'll tell you what I'd have done. I'd have prosecuted her. Everybody's wanting Hillary to be prosecuted. I'd rather be persecuted myself. Let's go. You ever think of that? You know what? You know what Joseph did? Nothing. Three things I learned this week from Joshua, from Joseph. Number one, I learned that whether you in the pit, the prison, or the palace, you need to be a person of integrity. The Bible says that Joseph, when no one was looking, when temptation was at his door, and Potiphar's wife was at his very presence, the Bible said he refused her. You and I ought to always remember God is looking when nobody else is. And that we need to be a person, a people of integrity. We keep our word. We do what we say. We pay our bills. We treat people right. We act like Christians when nobody is looking. People of integrity. And I think we can learn that from Joseph. One reason God blessed Joseph was he had character and he was a person of integrity. I get so tired of freeloaders coming by the church wanting a handout. I think it'd be better you get a job. It's spelled W-O-R-K. Whether it's slinging hamburgers at McDonald's or doling out wheat down at the palace. I think we need to be people of character. Amen. Amen. Well, that went over like a concrete cloud. Amen. Amen, preacher. Amen, amen, amen. I get so tired of freeloaders coming by, wanting this, wanting that, wanting this, wanting that, wanting that. And then to drive by the church next door, they'll be coming out of the church next door next Sunday. We need character and integrity. It wouldn't hurt to have some on Fox News. And tonight, you can watch integrity and character running out the ears, if you'd like. But there's a ball game on, too. And there'd be more in character. Let's go on, let's go. But I learned this week that Joseph, regardless if he is in the pit, prison, or palace, he was a man of integrity. Amen? My daddy said... You don't need to sign a contract. Just shake hands. My daddy said, if you say it, do it. Can't pay up, show up. Tell them when you can pay up. A man of integrity. 
dear Lord, how we need people with integrity anymore. Amen. We need to show our kids what honesty is all about. We need to show our kids what character is all about. We need to show our kids that this is what people do. People of character. My wife wasn't here Wednesday night when I told her, told you folks about that lady who met me as I fell out of my truck the other day. And I was walking into Big D's. Big D's. I don't walk into little D's, it's big D's. And I slid out of my truck and stood on the ground and a lady walked up to me in her shorts and said, you sure are a handsome man. (laughs) There was a mirror in my truck. Then I looked at it. I said, ma'am, you are absolutely right. (laughs) This lady chased me. I'm not going to chase me. Followed me into Big D's right up to the counter and she said you are a handsome man and I reached in my wallet what did <laughs> oh how we need in America men and women of integrity like Joseph how he said can I do this great wickedness and sin against God oh I learned this week how important integrity was I'm going to close I learned this week what forgiveness really is when Joseph looked at his brothers in chapter 45 and he says this in chapter 45 he looked at his brothers and he said this and Joseph said unto his brethren come near to me I pray you they came near and he said I am Joseph your brother whom you sold into slavery into Egypt now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither for, watch this now. Now this is how you learn how to forgive. For God did send me before you to preserve life. You can forgive when you realize it's God's plan that you're in. And sometimes you probably need your feelings hurt. To learn how to handle it when you get your feelings hurt. I learned that forgiveness is constructive and hatred is destructive. Joseph was a man of forgiveness. He believed in God's plan. And when he was sold into slavery, he still believed it was God's plan. When he was in the pit, he believed it was God's plan. And when in prison, he believed it was God's plan. You see, I just believe all things work together for good. Does any of you folk believe that? Does that include the pit? 
Did that include the prison? Thank God included the palace also. Can anybody say amen? Oh, a perfect type of Christ he is. A perfect example, if you please. I believe with all my heart. And lastly, I learned something, and I'm through. I learned something this week in studying about the life of Joseph. I learned what it was to be faithful to God's plan. Chapter 50, and I close. Verse 20. Watch this. God has a plan. Years before the famine, years before the hunger, years before the poverty, years before all the hurt, years before the little swollen bellies of little babies dying of malnutrition, years before all of that took place in Egypt, God had a plan. Verse 20, but as for you, ye thought it evil against me, Joseph said, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass out of this day to save much people alive. Now here's the key. Now therefore fear ye not. I will nourish you. Joseph believed in the plan of God for his life. I will nourish you. Did you know that God has a plan for everybody here today? The initial of that plan is the plan of salvation. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everyone here today has been included in God's plan. You say, well, preacher, I have done things and been places that God cannot forgive me for. You can't even think of anything God can't forgive you for. You say, preacher, I don't deserve heaven. You got that right. But God sent his son and died on the cross to make you worthy of heaven. God has a plan. And that plan is a plan that includes integrity, forgiveness, and faithfulness for all of God's people.